0: People, if you're watching me on Facebook, you can't see me, but you could hear me. I believe I'm trying to. Uh, I'm having some technical difficulties. I'm convinced that Frontier is trying to make everybody cross over to fiber optics. I, I'm just convinced. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's after nine. You got me. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is Love Babs, Love Talk, and uh, and this this has been like going out. Uh, this has been an ongoing technical. Nightmare. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Paul. I don't I just don't know what to do. I'm convinced that they are wanting people to uh do something else, and I don't know what. So, so um it's Monday, and Mondays have its challenges. I swear to God. And you know, I was going along beautifully with my desktop and Using the technology and blah, blah, blah. And now here we are. Just just my voice in the universe, which is fine. It's not a bad idea, actually. So, all right. So my Zoom has been updated. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> and I want to get into the I want to get into the weekend and not just my weekend. Harry Jules and his beautiful wife Karen were out in these fancy streets this weekend. I, I seen a picture, and if it wasn't for Karen Droz, I probably would not have seen it. She posted it up, and I saw it, so there's that. Uh, um, so, yeah, it was a good time. Went, to, uh, went up to New London for The Sixth Dimension, which was absolutely fabulous. Juanita Sunday did an amazing job. She did an amazing, 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 amazing job, and uh it's going to be up there for a minute if you have if you have opportunity to go check it out, I suggest you take the ride up there to
1: cummings uh art house and uh okay now I, let me get out of this. Sorry,
0: (laughs) sorry, sorry. So anyway, I was I went up to uh to uh whatever Connecticut College or whatever it is, New London, New London, and uh, it was something. It really was something. She should be very proud Uh, at the Cummings Art Center. It was really, really good Um, at uh, Connecticut College. It was a good time and we had a good time and the artwork was incredible. I mean, very futuristic, very black to the future. Uh, I bought I bought a piece of artwork, uh, I bought a print.
1: Oh boy, now what now what is happening? I'm frozen. That's weird. It
0: looks very artistic. <laughs> So I bought I bought a piece of art. Let me see if I can if I could open it up for you. Um, young brother um, Kern. Uh, he has a piece that was hanging up, and he had prints of the piece that he had on display, uh, and it was just gorgeous. So I bought the I bought a print, and he had them printed on uh, you know, on this paper. Oh God, what is happening? Why is this doing this? I don't know. I'm having technical difficulties.
1: I don't know why. I don't know what is happening. I think because I'm talking about Frontier. And uh, I think they're... uh, I don't know what to do here. Anyway, there's nothing I can do. I'm just
0: going to leave it alone. I I think people can hear me. Can people hear me? Harry, are people, can people hear me? I don't know.
2: Yeah, everyone like, hears you.
0: Oh, okay, well, I'm just frozen in. I'm frozen like an Andy Warhol. Like, I look like an Andy Warhol uh,
1: art. Do you see that?
2: Yeah, it looks good.
1: <laughs> okay, Harry. Anyway, here's the art that I brought. Can you see that? It's gorgeous. I mean, it, it, looks, it looks good on screen.
0: So anyway, I bought this. So I'm going to have it framed. I'm going to frame it so I can put it up. Like with all the other 50 million pieces of artwork that I have all around my house that needs to either get up on the walls or get framed. Holy cow. That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. So anyway, uh, Harry, you want to tell us why you were in New Haven all fancied up? Harry was fancy with his wife, Karen. They was at I seen the whole thing. If she didn't post it, I would have never known It's very nice of her. Thank God somebody's thinking about you know the friends that they have in New Haven
2: <laughs> um i was I Not was Harry basi- I was basically an escort um
1: and you say that with what? <laughs> You know, like, if you um, was invited,
0: if you was invited, you wouldn't be going.
2: Well, you know, that was um Karen's, one of Karen's best friends were, was having her 50th um, birthday party at Amarante's. Oh, so you and
1: we went. Up. Did you have a good time? Um, did you dance? No, I did not. What?
2: Um, Who danced with your wife? I didn't. I, you know, I haven't been out in a while. I I felt out of place. Um. Somebody, Kathy, from a church he used to go to, said hi.
1: Hi, Kathy. Um. Good morning.
2: Yeah, she was talking about how, you know, she she's so fascinated by what when you throw your birthdays and all of this stuff and who's fascinated me, uh, kathy she, she's talking about how you celebrate out loud you know your birthdays
0: oh yeah i do <laughs> uh, 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 is she, she coming to morocco
2: And she loves it you know so um and she was like you are the harry Drills on the radio right and i'm like Yes, um, people
0: ain't seen you in a long time, Harry. I don't know. I think Harry's been boycotting my show. I don't know. Have you been <laughs> mad at me?
2: <laughs> no, it's I just fine. I, need Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I need a no, break.
0: You didn't lie.
2: I need a break. No, I get it.
0: Yeah, because you you got a lot going on, so you needed a break. Um, got to run a whole station, and there's new people on the station. So
2: yeah, so she was like, "Um, wow, you're so." expressive on her show and stuff I'm like yeah when i'm not on the radio i find the corner to hide in (laughs) it's not the same like i could be expressive and everything on the radio but in my like out in that party i was like in a bubble unless you came and talked to me and then the music was so loud it was just like
0: are you an old man what is happening
2: actually yes (laughs) right so everybody's screaming at each other.
0: Oh, that's because you have not been out, so it seemed loud to you.
2: It was like really loud, and and everybody's screaming at each other just to get. And I, Babs, you know, for me, if if it's if I'm overstimulated, I don't hear anything. I'm I'm hearing the the um Charlie Brown teacher, you know, wah 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 wah. And it's like so. It was it was really hard for me. <laughs> my wife
1: was in her element. Hmm. You know, my she wife was, beautiful. Wait, did y'all make a decision to match up?
2: She made the decision. <laughs> Harry would have worn a black shirt. I mean, I I got some of it. I got the black vest, and black sh- um slacks. Mm-hmm. So at least I got that um she made me wear the well i shouldn't say made me she requested that i wear the burgundy shirt so i didn't know that. you had
0: a burgundy shirt <laughs> <laughs> i
2: i i have some I, colors i had no idea <laughs> i have some colors you know the, the shirt's practically new bad, but it's like 20 years old <laughs>
0: <laughs> is this is this the second time you worn it?
2: <laughs> Probably.
0: Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did you ever wear it?
2: No, I have worn it. I think it I wore just, it the last time. When did, I did you wear wore...
0: it out, though? Like, yeah. Did people I think the last time I wore it,
2: it, it was at a business after hours with the, for the Chamber of Commerce.
0: Oh Lord, have mercy.
2: So that's like twenty plus years.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: And by the way, I couldn't wear it before; it didn't fit me after a certain, you know time in my life
0: and now you can
2: now i can now it actually was a little big so
0: oh that means you can take it to the tailor and let them take it in
2: no i'm not gonna wear it again that that often oh my
0: god
2: (laughs) and even the vest was a little that was the vest that i probably have for over 20 years too
0: well if i die wear it to the funeral how about that (laughs)
2: The burgundy or the vest? Both. (laughs) Both, both, both. I should have just, you know, and I felt uncomfortable the whole night. That's another thing. I'm not used to having my shirt tucked in my pants. All of that stuff was just, like, uncomfortable for me. But my wife was happy. She had fun.
1: I'm glad. She looked beautiful. Yeah. Like she,
2: that, you know, that's that's actually a, a a um dress that she wore over twenty years ago. Also, she couldn't, she hasn't fit in that dress for a long time. She now fits in the dress. So
0: I don't, I don't know if she appreciates you telling that
2: part. <laughs> well, I mean, she has to be proud of her weight loss too. She's she's lost, I think, thirty seven pounds. She looks beautiful. So yeah, she's. She's looking good. I mean, she always. I mean she, looks
0: good. She, I mean, she always looks good, but she she looks very vibrant and youthful. Not that she looked old, but you know what I mean. When you lose some weight, you it does it does um, give you some vibrancy.
2: Well, yeah, I'm going she, in
0: hard in February,
2: Harry. She feels a a lot more energized with the weight loss. I don't feel I don't feel that yet, but of course, I, I never have energy to <laughs> to hang. You
0: don't feel energized at all?
2: <laughs> Not energized. I mean because of still all the body pain that I deal with that 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 is energy sapping having to walk on basically two two pegs that are rubbing together, you know, my knees. Yeah. So it it saps all my energy to have to even just walk up the street or you know do all of that stuff, um, yeah. So I mean, but it—I—I I guess I could say it was fun. Well, um, it wasn't horrible, so that's, that's good by Harry standards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I—I I didn't go and, you know, we didn't leave early because of you know, I was feeling too, Harry. <laughs>
1: So, so you didn't dance?
2: No, didn't Did you dance. Walk
0: around and socialize a little bit, or you sat at your table. No,
2: people came to me <laughs> and socialized.
0: Queen you Harry, know.
2: I don't do, I don't do the room. Um, <laughs> and then also, like I said, it was all yelling.
1: Queen <laughs> Harry, okay, Queen.
2: I'm not I'm not a lot of fun.
0: Did you have on fun shoes? Like did you have on dress-up shoes?
2: Yeah, I had I had nice um leather clarks. So those okay. I you know I like. Um so yeah, I mean my shoes I love. <laughs> I guess that was a good part of the night. My shoes and my Kango, you know, hat.
0: <laughs> well, I'm happy that Karen. Let you post up a picture.
2: Um. Yeah, I think I posted it on my Facebook too, but I...
0: I didn't I, see yours. I saw hers.
2: No, yeah, because I don't tag anybody. I don't... I basically just do it for me.
0: That's why I, when I saw it, I sent you the... I
1: was like, what the hell?
2: Yeah, like, you what? know, Karen, Karen was like, um, <laughs> wow, you have people... Um, responding on, on your end, and I'm like, on my end. I'm like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, oh, you know, Babs made a comment. You saw it. I'm <laughs> like, no, I, I didn't see no comment. I don't go into Facebook.
1: I was like, is that Harry? And,
2: and um, and
0: wait, I didn't recognize Karen. I was like, who's Harry. What was that? And I looked at it, I was like, oh, that's Karen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, she's decided to let her hair go gray, you know, she's no longer color right now, you know, so she's just letting it, and it's growing, it's growing and beautiful, the silver hair, so, um, that's,
0: that's all the rage now,
2: yeah, you know, she was doing it, and she, you know, she was coloring her hair, and she's like, um, oh, I'm tired of coloring my hair, and she's, and I'm like, well, so why are you coloring it, she said, I thought you like it. And I'm like, well, you you could don't worry about me. I'm in regardless. <laughs> I'm into you regardless. Let your hair go great. I think you're going to be beautiful with it. so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, she looks good, and uh and once it all grows in, it'll be really, really nice.
2: so I, I thought I, I thought I looked horrible in the pictures.
0: Why?
1: You looked great. You looked vibrant. You I looked still, handsome.
2: I still feel really. I don't want to use that word. I don't.
1: Before. I don't know. I don't have no idea.
2: I felt like the clothes that fit great me right and everything. So I like all the loose stuff. You know, like really loose.
0: Well, you know, sometimes you gotta wear. You gotta wear some stuff.
2: Yeah. My daughter. Sometimes you do, Harry. Like, this is what it is. Yeah, my daughter called and said, wow, you guys look fantastic. She's like. You did. She's like, at least I I finally see daddy wear some clothes that fit. That's close to fitting him. Because she's like, it's it's ridiculous watching him with those huge clothes.
0: I don't know why you're always trying to be in caftans. <laughs> you should be. You should go to the, <laughs> the Arab Emirates. You'd be right at home. Just put on a caftan, Harry. Just drift through town.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I come in here, and um, one of the graphic designers tells me, "Can Can you just give me your clothes? I need curtains for my house." Oh, he's like, "You it's they look like you're wearing curtains now."
0: And I don't I'm know like, if I, um, would say, I don't know if I
2: would say that. I'm like, um, no, I don't think so. I think these are my my wonderful clothes. Mm-hmm. My
3: okay.
2: form, my form fitting clothes.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Well, y'all look amazing. I'm glad you went with yeah. your wife. I know she had a good time. Did she dance?
2: She danced a little bit. Um with her friends, Of course, she would have loved for me to get up and dance with her, but I was already there.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you
0: sit you you know how, you know how to do a little two step side to side, pop your fingers
2: eventually eventually, when I don't feel out of sorts, I still feel out of sorts. um uh, my my legs still hurt like a mother so
0: let me let me just say
1: this to you and you might not like this give your wife some of these
2: memories well, it was the reason i was there <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, one one time or two on the dance floor yeah
0: give her some so she'll have some memory of dancing with you when's the last time you danced with your wife
2: at her 50th birthday party
0: oh okay oh that i, I was invited to but wasn't invited to Well,
2: you are uninvited (laughs) without getting invited. Karen wanted to invite people on this end. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to have any of my people over there. So,
0: Harry, I would have came. I would have had a good time. What are you talking about? I'm sure. And you would have danced with me.
2: I live in a bubble. (laughs) I'm like the boy in the plastic bubble.
0: I get it. I get the bubble. I get it. But what I'm saying is... <laughs> oh, we could have had I just
2: some fun. Bro- I, I just broke my resolution, by the way. What I do was you mean? trying not to be on the radio. Oh, there goes word on the street. Word on the street.
0: Oh, oh, you had a resolution? You didn't share that
4: resolution.
2: I was Good trying morning, Babs. To How
4: are you? Good morning, Harry. Morning. Hey. Good morning, I'm out Paul. here today. I'm so excited to meet the gentleman I'm meeting today because we always walk by the building. We don't think who's making it happen. Eugene Foreman is the principal of Troop School.
3: We you know
5: Eugene. Hi, Hi know, Eugene. How are you, how you oh, doing? I'm good. He's Eugene is a jet setter.
4: <laughs> Mr. Foreman is very chill for a guy who's in the middle of a whole lot of alarms because it turns out this is a drill. Is it once oh. a week? It's say? our month.
5: It's our monthly fire drill. We have to do it once a month by law. So today's our monthly one. We have to get them in before February 1st. So I'm, I did it today. And how, why do you do these monthly drills? Just so the students are aware of how to evacuate the oh, building, make sure head. that everyone gets out safely and that, you know, they know which way, where they're going and, we're to meet, and we make sure everybody's together. And we just have to keep the kids, and you know, keep them moving, and make sure they don't forget how to evacuate quickly.
4: Now you look very calm for someone doing something like that. Is that because it's it's been going well? Has it always gone so, well? Yeah. It's,
5: it's, no, I've been in education now for 27 years. So 27 years, I'm used to doing these monthly fires.
4: <laughs> what do you learn about the fires? you like, what did you have to learn? Did you were you good at it right away? Did you have to learn something?
5: No, I mean, just well, once you make sure you have all your evacuation routes in place and everybody's familiar, they usually go pretty smoothly.
4: And so the first one of the year is it when you have to kind of help the teachers mm-hmm. and everyone so figure well, out. We, especially them? in
5: our new students, like the kindergartners who so are this their first year, or the pre-K oh. students, they have, to get, they have to get used to it. But our other students have been here, so they know how to get out.
4: And with the kindergartners, are they ever first needing a little bit of
5: hand-holding? I Sometimes. think like, don't worry. Yeah, because once they hear the, the siren go off or the alarm go off, you know they get a little shaky. But luckily ours talk. They've changed them from when I was in school when they were just loud, loud, loud. Now. At least we have a voice <laughs> talking to the kids so they hear someone talk. Uh,
4: what does the voice say?
5: It says, uh, there's an emergency. Please evacuate the building. You can if you, you can hear him in a minute because he'll come back on. Say, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there how are th- Okay. Yeah, there's a fire emergency. Yeah.
4: And, and let me ask you, how are things going, the trip? How long have you been here as a principal? So
5: I've been here four years. So far, so good. You know, we're still a school in transition, but
4: we're doing all right. What do you mean in transition?
5: I mean, because there's been a lot of turnover of administration here. So now I've been here four years, so I've been here for a while. As the
4: principal? Yes. So before you, were there were a lot of changes in principal? Mm-hmm. Like so I think many? before
5: I got here, there might have been, I want to say four before.
4: Now, am I wrong that not just schools, police, all sorts of jobs, uh, jobs know, like principal yeah. or an editor or a police chief used to be something that people had for many years, right. Then nowadays people do turn over more? Is no, that it's true? Just
5: Education in general. And why mm-hmm. is that? It's, 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 kind of, it's been because of COVID. It's just it's been, been probably pay is, the pay that teachers yeah. get across the country. I mean, you know, we hear about the behaviors in schools. So those are the things that are driving people away from it.
4: And why have you been able? What, what's been your secret staying here for yeah. years?
5: I mean, I like the kids. So the kids make it worthwhile for me to come to work. So That's what helps
4: me. And anything special you're doing this year?
5: Uh, we're getting ready for our Black History celebration. So we they do some door decorating contests and things like that. We're going to have a Black History program. And then, just some other stuff throughout the year, I'm sure. We're still working on some planning there.
4: So you still have the exhibit of Augusta Lewis Troop, who yeah. was white, but she was an abolitionist mm-hmm. newspaper editor after whom, from New Haven, yeah. after whom the school is, is named. Yeah. Do you do much with her?
5: Uh, I mean, the kids usually ask about her. We have stuff all around about her all throughout the building.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Marcelina, we're all fair. You can turn that on. All right. Okay. I got to get him back in.
4: All right, last thing, just sort of like, where'd you start out in the school system?
5: Uh, I started at the former Helene Grant.
4: And what's the secret to uh, being a good principal?
5: Just need to be patient. Just need to be patient, patient. and flexible. And rested
4: today. What's the plan?
5: Um, just to get the rest of the day finished.
4: All right, I got to get your photo too, Babs. You want to say goodbye to your Principal Foreman? Last
5: question. Good to see you,
0: Principal Foreman. You and glad to know they're still doing fire drills. I remember those days.
4: <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to get a photo of Mr. Foreman. Thank you.
1: Thank you so Starting much. It off
4: on love, Babs. Love talk.
0: Oh, that was great. I love talking to uh. Mr. Foreman, uh, woo, fire drills. Harry, you remember fire drills when you were a kid? I remember fire drills. And he's right. Them damn things used to be loud, 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 loud.
2: That was really loud. It was. <laughs> I mean, I guess they got to make sure they get every kid out, right? So.
0: Well, you know, I, I forgot about little kids, Harry, that, you know, if they hear that, they would be nervous.
2: Um, it, w- it would become a cut day for us. Um, we would never make it back to class sometimes. Because where we were located in Brooklyn, where where it was PS 81, right down the street was the bodega. So <laughs> when the fire drill <laughs> used to hit, we all used to see a line of kids at the bodega getting stuff.
3: <laughs>
0: the principal would come down there and, like, get your butts back in school.
2: You would get in trouble by the time, you know you would definitely get in trouble for not coming back or coming back late. Um, but, yeah, he would try to put somebody located right where the, you know, you would leave to go to the bodega. And they were like, uh-uh-uh. We always figured it out. Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> that was yeah. hard. I,
0: I was, I, it's good to know they're still having fire drills, Harry. I, forgot, I hadn't thought about that in ages do they have fire drills at the high school level
2: i mean you would figure they now they have the other drills right um the gun <laughs> yeah you know the
0: what does I'm, that sound like there's a gun there's a gun
2: uh, i i figured they would te- they would be teaching them how to shelter in place and how to barricade a door or something right when it's a gun
0: yeah, yeah, they do. They teach them how to get under the desk and,
2: uh, yes. You know what they, they should have is, um, they have these ins- these door stops for the inside where you can't get into the door. Mm. So that's what they should have in every class. So every teacher's at least could shelter knowing that that door can't be opened. You know, yeah. if you're sheltering but that door could be open at any second i yeah, know what's the point so yeah.
0: are we putting are we putting um what do you call them gunproof doors on classrooms
2: you, you, like, know, can you
0: shoot through the door
2: you know these they, they come up this with these weird. great plans <laughs> they come up with these great plans right after shooting and then they disappear right yeah. so it's like oh this is a good idea, but you need funding for that. And that's what it is. Well, yeah, start- it's
0: going to cost.
2: Yeah, so when you start talking about funding, the idea is just.
0: <laughs> a bulletproof door cost. <laughs> now, how many classrooms do we have? It's not cost effective. <laughs> just put yep. a chair up against the door <laughs> and pray.
2: They're like, we're struggling to get every child a book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, with the way they're banning books, Harry, that's got to be only like two books, right? <laughs> ah! This is a weird time. Ooh, I don't I mean, want to think about kids learning how to barricade themselves into places. I don't, don't want to think about that.
2: I mean, I we're gonna like, soon we're gonna soon go back to the 1960s, but that's what they were do, doing nuclear. Remember um, that,
0: Harry? I remember that, Harry. Get under I your never, desk.
2: Yeah, I never got to do it, but I know, you know, we're we're very close to going back to that,
0: right? I did when it, when I and I was in school in the 70s and we were still doing it. Like I was in yeah, school I don't in remember doing
2: it. I was in the school in the 70s too. I don't remember doing it at our location.
0: Oh, they stopped it like 1970, 71, like early.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I think I only did it like once or twice, but yeah. No way. Oh my god. Oh, I don't want to think about this new world. I I don't have any children or grandchildren in the system, but I have friends who have kids in the system. And I just, yeah, I I can imagine hearing hearing, uh, sirens and stuff can be a little bit unsettling to little kids. You know, big kids, maybe not. You know, big kids are just like, you got to get them out the building.
2: Come on, let's go. So. Well, that's the thing, right? he either getting them out the building or trying to make sure they don't go home. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're
0: going home, Harry. Because if you're a teenager, you get out, you ain't coming back. Yeah. And then here's the thing. I want to tell these kids, you don't want to stay in school now, but there's going to come a time when you will wish you were back in school. When you have to adult, I hear it all the time. When you, have, when you When you have to adult, you know, you know what adulting is, Harry, pay bills, (laughs) (laughs) feed yourself, be responsible. (laughs) You know, this, this time, this high school time, you're going to look back and be like, damn, I had it made. Yeah, you did. And you squandered a lot of it. Like, enjoy it. But you know, everybody's got their coming of age, coming of age. So
2: anyway. Yeah, I think, um, These these days, and I was looking at the numbers this past week. Um, how how many more women are graduating college than men? (laughs) Harry, there's
0: this whole thing. It's like
2: women are definitely taking over the world.
0: Let me tell you something else. Black women are the most educated people on the planet. Black women. Black women.
2: I, you know, you have to. Some I don't know what's wrong with men. I don't know. I don't. I don't know we I think
0: you know, Harry. I don't. I think they say by the time a boy is in third grade, if he is not reading at grade level, he's going to be behind, behind, behind.
2: Yeah, but why a woman? I mean, this is a a rhetorical question, <laughs> a dumb question, a rhetorical question. But why a woman is so much more adaptable to to life's uh, you know, wait, you know, because it's like everybody has to go through stuff. Women are able to adapt easy, easier than men. And I don't know if it's what are we teaching? I, I don't know. What is I it? I mean, do you
0: think we are? I mean, I, I, I hear this all the time. We, we position our girls and our daughters to be responsible at a very early age. I don't know if we do that for boys.
2: But that's what I'm saying. I
0: mean, I did it with my boys, but boys didn't get the same kind of rigorous. I mean, my sons know how to cook and how to clean and how to do all that stuff, but I have friends whose sons don't know how to do any of that stuff, like they didn't learn
2: until college. <laughs> yeah, but is it a failure? Uh... I mean, <laughs> let's face it, the kids are usually outside of the house more than they are inside the house so you know they have school they have activities they have so it's like there's something falling through the cracks with boys in the in the system the teaching system right Or, or I don't know what it is before it was like sports taught you discipline it taught you this it taught you that and a lot of boys don't have that anymore it's just like You know, it's weird.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. I really don't. I don't want to put this at the feet of mothers because I think mothers are doing the best that they can. But I don't know. I don't know why girls achieve better faster. I know girls mature faster, so that might have something to do with it. Do you know what I mean? And then we just feed girls. You know, we feed into that maturity quickly. If we see a girl that has maturity, we 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 give them opportunities to grow in their maturity. I don't know if we do that with boys.
2: Well, I think, I mean, also, I mean, you can't put it at the feet of mothers. You got to put it at the feet of fathers, right? You got to be a better father, be <laughs> a better example to your child or be there, you know, be actually be present in that child's life um, to give them self-esteem. You know, um, if you don't have a father, I'm not. You know, women have have had to take on both roles. That sucks in a child's life, right? So it's not like it's not that the mother isn't doing a good enough job. It's that there's always gonna be an empty spot there in in um in a male, you know, growing up, you need another male to lead you. Um, and that sucks that 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 men have fallen short.
3: Mm.
2: Um, and I don't know how to fix that. That's like you're you're trying to fix adults. Um, and then you know, you children mimic what they see, and a lot of times they never break out of that cycle of destruction that they learned. So,
1: this is true. I
2: don't know. It's how about male teachers? Are there enough male teachers?
1: No. That's another profession
0: that is very woman dominated. Yeah. And I don't say that with
2: whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm not No, it's not, it's not. I mean, it's I'm it's, not criticizing you, that. I'm just saying well, what, are you, what are you gonna do if women continuously have to take on male male roles because the male is absent? And that's in the teaching profession, too. Right? Yeah. So it's it's just weird. What is it that Society is. We've. I don't know. I don't even know. I can't. I'm trying to figure it out here. But, um, I did have a couple of really strong teachers that made me snap out of it. You know, when I was being a a problem in school. Um, the the male teachers that didn't care, you knew, so you didn't respect them. But there were some male teachers who cared and made you. You know, think twice. Um, I'm not sure if kids have that these days. I know a lot of them don't have it at home. Mm. You know, I, I look at my, you know, nephews and stuff like that who who are being raised without an active male in their lives. And they struggle compared to
1: a household with both parents. So it, it, it is a man, a male issue. Yeah,
0: I think I, I think I'm with you on that one. Frederick Douglass said it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. So, so that means early interventions, <laughs> early support. You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. I think I think there's so many places where the system is just weak. And the needs are so great that it just can't be all the things to all the kids.
1: Let's try as it does, you know what I mean? Like a lot of trial there. I don't know. Well,
0: I know Mr. Foreman is a good teacher and a good principal. He is a uh, I, I think.
2: I think my son went to troop for a while. I know my oh, that's right, girl, your kids
0: went to New Haven schools for a minute, right?
2: Well, yeah, they, they went to New Haven schools. Well, my daughter up till she was 12 that we moved to Waterbury. Mm. Uh, my son went the whole way through. Um, he graduated from Korea. Um, yeah, so my son went to Troop for a while. And then I think he got into a magnet school or something. Not sure, but but yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are some good teachers. I mean, there there are some really good male teachers, just yeah. not enough of them. Yeah, yeah. I, also, I, I, I'm gonna go with that. Male principals are 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 you know so important. Like it. When I grew up, we had Miss Mitchell, um. A woman principal, and then Mister Taylor. They were both black, you know, people in a black neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and they were great. Look, I I grew up in, in the worst neighborhood in the ghetto, but that school was awesome because they cared. I mean, they really cared, and they pulled you aside. And everything, and and they spoke with you. They kept you after school if they had to. Uh, them, they they wouldn't put out nobody else. They would keep you in their office. There, to, uh, you knew they cared. You know, yeah, it's just different. Yeah.
0: Yep, 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 yep. God bless these good teachers. Yep. I can't. I'm trying to think of all the male teachers I had. I know. I remember Mr. Peterson,
1: Mr. Russell.
0: I can't think of any more.
1: I mean, like at the grade school, high school level. I don't
2: remember. Oh, God, I hate that. I can't remember. Uh, well, by, I the time I got, by the time I got to high school, I was so such a problem. <laughs> I dropped out of high school. Um, got thrown out of two high schools. Yeah, so.
0: Well, I've never gotten thrown out.
2: So I, I can't talk about the high schools. That was the issue. It wasn't the teachers. <laughs> oh, well,
0: all right. Okay. I had some good teachers. I had some good teachers in college, too. I remember my teachers from college. Um, But the, at the lower levels, though, like I remember Mr. Russell on like fourth grade because he used to teach. He used to love to teach music. And he was... He was such a, he had a a piano in class, Harry. And he would just play and he'd have us sing. And I just, I remember so well because I loved it so much.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and in my, you see, elementary school, I say I learned most of everything I know up to sixth grade. Right. Before I went to junior high school. And it was, you know, like I said, we lived in a very poor Black neighborhood. We had both principals, vice principal and principal were Black, but most of the teachers were white,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? But we had some of the coolest teachers, right? It was like they were coming out of um, Woodstock, right? So <laughs> <laughs> we had some of the coolest Teachers who (laughs) only taught you, you know, soul music (laughs) and stuff like that. So it was like I had the coolest, hippest white Jewish teacher teaching me Stevie Wonder. Yeah. So it was like, it was like uh, that situation for me was like perfect. Um, because we learned so much, and then after sixth grade, that I went. To junior high school i started having issues because other had people had issues with me so mm-hmm. um but but it's incredible up to sixth grade now when i went to gateway here um i had a couple of teachers who opened up my mind there was just like um dr roble in business law um Gordio in english um they they just i love people who want to argue with me right you know that that's i know so everything was okay they challenged me at every turn so you challenged me i want to prove you wrong or prove you right one or the other Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna prove it so i mean they just opened up my my mind and it was like i was grateful to actually start thinking again right and it's, it's funny because I say that because, and I'm not calling anybody dumb or anything, but your mind goes dormant unless you're feeding it. Yeah, so,
0: that's pretty important.
2: Yeah, so it's important that you feed your mind constantly or it goes dormant. And you, you really don't know much when it's dormant. So.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. So, for the month of um, January, Harry, I've been reading a PSA about trafficking, human trafficking. So, today is the, the last day for it, I believe, right? Because we don't have, is, is it 31 days? Yeah. Oh, one more yeah. day, got one more day, got one more day. So, I usually read it before I go on, before we call it a break. And then I have a guest, I have uh, Brianne Braithwaite. She is an intuitive nutritionist, Harry. So I thought I'd have her on because, you know, everybody's in this moment right now, you know, the for the year, you know, you, you think about getting in shape and eating better. And so she's going to come and talk a little bit about intuitive eating and coaching and food and what that means. So, <laughs> so there we go. So I'm going to read the PSA and then uh, we'll be on break and we'll be back with uh, Brianne Braithwaite um at ten fifteen, so y'all hang around don't go nowhere i'll go get you some coffee i might make me some tea i feel a little queasy this morning a uh, little queasy all right january is national slavery and human trafficking prevention month do you know someone who was a victim of human trafficking human trafficking is a form of modern-day slavery with illegal smuggling and trading of people for forced labor and or sexual and physical abuse this is a worldwide problem it is a problem here in our beautiful state of connecticut traffickers target people both boys and girls who are vulnerable to promises of a better life and forcing them to live and work in unfair and abusive conditions many traffickers are well are well known living near and promising and convincing young people and families that their children will have a better life in a new place. Under the United States federal and Connecticut state laws, human trafficking is a crime. Let's work together to protect our children against these horrific crimes. If you are a victim or know someone who is a victim of human trafficking, or you would like to learn more about this serious issue in our society, please contact Love 146 at 203-772-4420. That's 203-772-4420. This is a public service announcement um, from the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. And it is my honor to read it. So we're going to be we'll be back uh at 1015 with uh Brianne Braithwaite and we're going to talk about intuitive nutrition. And you're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
6: I've been staring at distant shores. I've been waiting, wanting more for the whole night. And it ain't right. I've been saying what's on my mind Trying to explain what can't be defined And for so long It's been so strong Suddenly it's clear Now that I can hear These love notes The ones that I wrote melodies, here are some memories, and these love notes, I found in an old coat, mean something new, all oh. Expected that you'd be the one. Now I found you. I wanna stay around you. Suddenly it's clear. Now that I can hear these love notes, the ones that I wrote. Oh, these melodies, here are some memories. Love notes, I found in an old coat Means something new, all because of you
3: Oh
0: Good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted to have as a guest this morning Brianne Braithwaite. And oh. she is an intuitive food coach. Intuitive eating coach. Intuitive. Oh, yes.
7: <laughs> intuitive living coach.
0: I love it. Intuitive living coach. All right, so so Brianne, welcome. Tell me about that. Like, what
1: does that mean?
7: Oh my. Um, so, the best way to describe um, an intuitive living coach would be someone who helps with self love and self trust and becoming your most authentic self. Um, and you use a lot of principles um, that rely on your intuition to do so. So, your own thought process, kind of like you are your higher power in a way. you um, just haven't gotten there yet.
0: Okay. So what you're telling people to do is listen to themselves because you know what's in your best interest.
7: Yes. <laughs> okay. So how did
1: you come to this?
7: Um. So I would say it started when I was really young. I was adopted. And so as an adopted child, I really, I have four I
0: adopted to- children. So I I, I, I love the connection here.
7: Yeah, and so like there, it's amazing when you're adopted. Thank you, mom, for that. Um, it's amazing when you're adopted and you have someone that's able to give you that love even though you're not their biological child. Um, but there is a part of you that feels lost that entire time because you know that you are still connected to whoever those birth parents were biologically, genetically. And so it is kind of hard. And I think navigating that place where I wasn't going to get the answers that I wanted, nor was that accessible to me, I really had to start to trust my inner spirit and who I was as a person, um, despite what teachings I might've had from my family.
1: As you were um, uh, wading through
0: those waters, How did you come to Intuitive actually being a coach? Like, And what were you doing before?
7: Okay. So I started my journey becoming a registered dietitian. Um, And then throughout that, I started working with eating disorders. And um, I started working with people who, although they came to my office every day as clients, needing to trust themselves with food that kind of started that thought process. Like the entire time that I'm there, I'm giving them these, you know, this meal plan and all of these, that's advice. But what it really comes down to is them trusting their bodies. And once I saw that process over and over again, I started to think, wow, like, do we trust ourselves? Like, is that something that we all innately do? And I started to look at my life and the ways that I trust myself or didn't trust myself. Um, And that's kind of how that came about.
1: I like that. So what kind of studying do you have to do to do this work?
7: Uh, So to become a registered dietitian, you have to go to a specific program. Um, At the time when I was applying, there were about 50 of those programs in the US. Then you have to do, it's a four-year bachelor degree. Then you have to go into well, now it's required to do a master's, but you go into a year unpaid internship where you learn all the areas of becoming a dietitian because there's so many. Um, and then you take an exam. And then once you pass that exam, you are a registered dietitian. Um, and then after that, I continued my education with my life coaching certificate. Um, and that's when I started to formulate what kind of coach I wanted to be um and that's how we got to the intuitive living coach
0: Mm -hmm. and what is it about intuitive living that speaks to you like why why because there's a lot of there's a lot of paths and a lot of roads to nutrition and health and wellness what was it about intuitiveness that stood out for you
7: um I think it was really when I realized that we know so much and sometimes we don't even have access to it. Like there have been so many situations in my life where I thought, Oh man, I can't do this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was forced to go into those situations anyway. And I came out relatively unscathed and I was like, wow. Okay. So like there is a part of me that knows more than even I cognitively can recall in that moment. And that is very powerful. And I started to lean into that. And it's brought me so much joy and happiness and freedom. Um, And that's kind of how I got there.
0: Mm -hmm. And so when you when you uh, take on clients, what's the first thing that happens? What does that process look like?
7: So the first thing that happens is um, I have a 30 minute discovery call just to make sure that This is something that they want to go, like this process is the process that they want. It's gonna meet their needs. Um, I really truly believe in allowing people to kind of make their own decisions and also hear what can be offered. Um, And then from there, where my coaching and like the platform for my coaching is my intuitive living framework, which is comprised of 10 principles. Um, and those principles serve as guides on how to trust yourself more, have more freedom, and be your most authentic self.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um who do you who,
0: are 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 is this a uh an opportunity for men and women, or do you primarily see women?
7: Interestingly, I see both. I I think that um I, I feel like with with men, sometimes there are barriers to engaging in mental health um, services, um, societal barriers, um, and then depending on your culture and your race, there are other barriers. And so I think that slowly the barriers are starting to be broken down. People are starting to have these conversations. Um, and so it brings me joy when someone who does have barriers is able to come and say, "I want this for myself um, that means that the change is is, is working mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um
0: what do you want to see happen with intuitive wellness into the future?
7: um I hope that other people really start to use this framework um to you know, navigate through their lives or even other coaches start to use this framework um, because it really is a framework that only comes from my lived experience. Um, And I think that everyone's lived experience is so important and it's so much for other people to kind of like look into that. And it's really intentional as well. It's it's intentionally made so that people can have that kind of freedom.
0: Mm. And this isn't just about eating. Like, this sounds like your whole life.
1: Mm
7: -hmm. Yeah, so I I think one of the principles on this framework is a 10th principle, um, and that's heal your relationship with food. And I think that's where it started for me. I think it was in that place that I found that there was a lot of self-doubt for people who struggled with their relationships with food. And as a dietitian, that was my primary concern. But then I started to think of other parts of our lives that we struggle in, in that way. Um, And that was really important for me to incorporate. I didn't want this just to be, you know, a dietitian talking about eating. I wanted this to be a person who is intentional about putting authenticity into the world.
1: Well, I love that.
0: So uh, did you have an eating disorder or eating problem or did you not have a good relationship with food?
7: So I thought I had a great relationship with food. I really did. I, somebody could have asked me years ago, I'd be like, yep, great relationship, I'm a dietitian, And once I started working at my eating disorder treatment centers, I realized, okay, we got some work to do too. Like we don't need to necessarily be at this level of care, but there are a lot of fundamental things that I am now teaching these people. Um, and I might not even fully recognize have been in my life as well. So that was a really transformative process. Um, and like, give me an example
0: of what that, what that looks like. Like, what did did you notice that came up for you that you're like, oh, I'm way closer to this than I thought.
7: (laughs) So it, it, it was one of the things that was, it was like this, this good versus bad food mentality.
1: Oh. Um,
7: and when that came up for me, I'm, I'm as a dietitian saying all foods fit. Um, and I realized that when I really thought about it, some questions came up, right? Because when dealing with eating disorders, you also have to field the questions from the eating disorder thoughts. And I realized that At that time when I first started out, I didn't have food freedom. There were some foods that I would avoid. Even though they to me tasted great and they brought me joy, I would always say, Oh, I can't trust myself with that. Like I can't have a whole house. Like I can't have a whole tub of ice cream in my freezer. I'm just gonna eat it all. And and if I eat it all, then that's gonna be bad. And if that's bad, then that makes me bad. So like I'm gonna go. And buy these quinoa encrusted chips that I really don't like and don't satisfy me at all. And I'm gonna put these here and I probably won't touch them out of the basis of I don't like them, but in you know, in that 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 place where like I realize, oh, I might want a potato chip, or this is what I'm gonna use instead. And nine times out of 10, I would have a bowl of that. I would sit there for about 15 minutes, I would walk down to the corner store and I'd be like, okay. I'm going to need a bag of chips, a cookie, and all of these things. And those things aren't even bad, like inherently bad. But I think what it was, was it was denying myself trust that I could have what I needed to be satisfied, right? And I could move on with my life as opposed to thinking about it or internalizing it as something bad. And so that was like one of the first things that I started to notice. I was like, "Ooh, we got to change that.
0: Wow, and we do it. Everybody does it, particularly when you get on these diets. We start judging food and our relationship to the food. If I eat that, I'm if I eat that bad thing, I'm cheating on myself or I'm being bad, and this this whole dynamic. And then it's very cyclical.
7: Yeah, and that that kind of works into like the first principle um, that I created in the framework, which is unconditional permission. Mm -hmm. We're so conditioned at an early age to ask for permission. Um, As we grow up, we continue to ask for permission by society, people around us. We look for that structure. Um, And we sometimes can reduce ourselves, our identities to our jobs, how much money we make, what we look like, um, and we consistently compare ourselves to each other. And the secret to being able to have a bag of potato chips in your house is having a bag of potato chips in your house because you stop that cycle of it being this thing where, you know, I have to do things this way. I can't do things that way. Um, I mean, that's really the first step of intuitive living like taking control and allowing yourself permission to be everything that you are, to eat whatever it is that you want, and build a balance within yourself with all of those things.
0: Mm. Well, I can hear people say, yeah, that's, that's good to say. But if I get those chips in my house, I'm going to eat the whole bag. You know, and then I'm going to feel terrible.
7: (laughs) Maybe it takes eating the whole bag because what does that even mean? Right? Like maybe it takes, if I, if I came to you every day with like 12 donuts and I was like, look, every day I'm going to bring you 12 donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like you'd be like, Uh, I don't really know if I want to be a part of this, but okay, Brie, I'll humor you anyway. Um, And then at some point you'd be like, oh man, I don't really want donuts. Like you might see donuts a couple of weeks later and you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't want donuts. Like I know they're there, they're accessible. I had them for a straight week. Like we don't need to do this right now (laughs) (laughs) because when you allow yourself that permission, eventually all of that the the pedestal that you're putting these things on or the you know place you're putting them in this untouchable area it just becomes yet another thing yet another thing that you buy at the grocery store yet another thing you can eat at home
0: okay i, I mean i i like the sound of this i i get it you know i get it i get it so so what else did you notice what else what else did you as you were making this journey, what else did you notice
1: about your relationship to food?
3: Um,
7: I think one of the things that I've noticed, um, and it kind of goes into principle number two of the framework, which was connecting with your feelings. Um, I realized that being able to have a process where you could connect with your feelings um, was really important. Just because some people I know in, in my, my regard, when I'm feeling scared or when I'm, when I'm anxious, I don't necessarily eat. Um, I kind of like have that response. Like I don't feel yeah. hungry. And I realize that sometimes just because I'm not feeling that way doesn't mean I, I still don't like nourish my body in any way. Um, and because of that, I wanted a better way to connect with my feelings. So I started to go to therapy and I learned a lot about myself. Um, and in that I learned the way to connect with past trauma, how to have coping mechanisms for that trauma, um, and how to process my feelings and my emotions so that I was, wasn't impacting the way that I eat. Mm. And so how does this
0: play out in the rest of your life? Does this make the rest of your life better or wider or what does it do?
7: Um, I think having like goals to connect to your, to your feelings, which I, I feel like are really like the language of the soul. Um, those, those goals, um, I realized maybe a year ago, I didn't have great boundaries. Um, I was very much a people pleaser and I needed to kind of break down why that was and look into why that was. And with that, when I was confronted with a situation that would have in any other way triggered that, I need to please everybody. I need to be everything for everyone at all times. um, I was able to say, wait, 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 wait. You used to be this kind of person. And and you did this because it was a mechanism that served an actual purpose for you at some point in your life, but it's not serving you now. And so that's the difference. When you're able to connect with your feelings, you're able to access unique capabilities in your creative and intuitive and soulful nature. nature and that allows you to kind of not repeat the same cycle of maybe dealing with feelings in the way that you had previously and it does make your life better it's made my life better it's taken a lot of pressure off of me to be everything that everybody else would want me to be or i presume to be it's allowed mm. me to just be me and be okay with that
0: i like that so what's the fourth principle
7: um the fourth principle is embracing the three s's um slow silence and self-reflection Um, I think intuition lays um, in the space between our wandering thoughts and the stress caused by our busy lives. Um, And that space requires you to make time to ground yourself daily. And in a place where we have technology, which is basically by our side at every time, every point in the day, there's a ping here, there's an email there, there's new Instagram posts, it's really hard not to be in a virtual space all the time, um, or even have time alone. I noticed I'd be waiting online for something, and it might be the only like five minutes of the day I'm not consumed with something. And my first reaction is to go on my phone and scroll, and I'm like, "What is? What am I? What is this? Like, how? Wh- what are we doing?" Um, and I started to to see the ways in which that integrated into my life. And I was like, I don't know if this is helpful all the time.
1: I started to question why I couldn't sit in silence for five minutes. And did you answer it?
7: Uh, Yes. (laughs) The reason why I couldn't sit in silence for five minutes is because I didn't know what silence was. I didn't realize that that was a, that you could have power. I thought that if everything moved every day, all the time, and I was achieving things constantly, I was on the right track. But nobody ever said, "You know what? I think we should all sit in silence and just be." I've never had that said to me, except mm. for maybe the quiet game in preschool was. One of those. <laughs> I don't think that was for me. I think that was for the teacher. You know, I think they were like, "We've had <laughs> enough of this today, these children." But yes, that that really. When I realized what that was, and I realized that it wasn't even just sitting in silence, right? Like now when I have conversations with people, I can listen better because I'm okay with not being the one inserting dialogue. Um, You know, like if I'm, if I'm having, you know, an argument with someone and I want to stand in my opinion, maybe I don't have to be the the loudest one. Maybe I say what I need to say and I sit in that. I sit in that silence and that silence is me reinforcing, Hey, I, this is, this is my, my place. Um, So silence and slowing down and self-reflection allows for downtime that I don't think is really accessible all the time now.
1: Mm. That's a good point. And so did you find that
0: five minutes turned into 10 minutes, turned into 30 minutes, turned into 40 minutes, like, How far did you go? How far, how long can you be in the silence? And, 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 and was that a goal too?
7: Um, the goal for silence, I think we've gotten up to 30 minutes. Um, and I think it just depends on like my day and what's going on. But I think that like, even if it was just like a deep breath and like taking refuge in that silence and being like, okay, today's a busy day. I have several things to do, but I need to breathe. Because I'm obviously at the point of like all over the place. Um, But then it goes to, okay, I'm going to sit. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to focus on my breathing. And I'm going to really take this time to just kind of block out my thoughts. And I think when you come back from that, you feel a sense of refreshment. Um, And I feel like that comes from what most people would say like a vacation is. Or you know, like oh, I went to a spa. You know, I think that's that's another thing. Um, going to a spa and just having that that moment, if that's accessible to you, or even just recreating that in your own home. You know, I like
0: it. All right, so what's what's I, we probably won't get to all ten, but let's get to number five. Is it five or six? Five. Are we at five.
7: It's five. We skipped three, but it's okay. We're at five. Um, (laughs) principle number five is be intentional. Um, I think intuitive thoughts are very blunt and they're quick and they're to the point and they're very fast. Um, and some of the intuitive, intuitive thoughts I've had over the years are like, I'll be on a street. I have no idea where I am. And something will just say, turn right. And normally the impulse is to be like, that's not right. So we turn left. And then we get down the street, and we're like, oh man, I was here before. Like I knew it. I should have turned right. And like that turn right, that's your your intuition. Or maybe you're at a party and you're like, huh, eh, I think it's time to leave. And for whatever the reason is, you left. And maybe you get home and your friend texts you and they're like, hey, so something crazy happened at the party. And you're like, eh, I wasn't there for it. I left. <laughs> and you can't really, it's not something that you can like um explore different options or really even like reason with um but it, but it's something that you just know it's like what you have to do in that moment and then mm-hmm. if we ignore it we encounter something called hindsight which is interesting to me because that's like you kind of you're like oh if i just done what i thought i should have done it would have been different right and hindsight to me is like the antithesis of intuition.
1: I like that.
0: Okay. Um, and and how long do you dwell in hindsight? Because I can imagine people could get stuck thinking about, oh, what I could have, should have did, done, didn't do.
3: Yeah.
7: Um, Hindsight can turn into regret. Regret mm. can turn into a really long-standing battle with yourself, and it's really like not forgiving yourself. Um, it's kind of like what I've noticed: like if I don't forgive myself for something, I'll keep, like my 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 punishment is to keep bringing it up to myself and to keep putting me in this position to having to having to think about it or you know minimally defend myself in whatever that dialogue sounds like. Um, but, yeah, I think when you're intentional, I think when you're upfront about what it is that you want, or even if you're upfront about saying, "I don't know what I want, I'm just here. Um, mm-hmm. that that allows that 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 cuts out a lot a lot of the noise. Um And with that intention, you get farther, you know, um. You get farther with your goals, you get farther with your dreams, you get farther with your friendships because you're like, I might not have like a list of exactly why I need to be here, but I feel that I need to be here. And so I'm here and this is the moment for what it is. And it will reveal itself in time. It always does. Um, I think like being able to trust in that way.
1: I like that.
0: I like that. I like hindsight can turn into regret. That's pretty powerful. All right. So 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 you walk people through these principles. Number six would be honesty. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you say about this.
7: Um, so acknowledging this part of you that you can't see and you don't completely understand um is about being real with yourself. And so. You know, if you're not real with the people around you, you're not real with yourself. Like if you're hiding something from someone, if you feel like you can't be who you authentically are, I would say to change friends. But also I would say that part of you that doesn't feel the space of, or doesn't have that space of vulnerability, right? You can't tell a lie and live your truth those things aren't congruent. Um, And so honesty allows you to really accept some of the things you can't understand about yourself and allow yourself to build a better relationship with that.
1: Hmm. And so do you see people struggle with the honesty piece? Yep. Uh,
7: Sometimes I'll have people who will say, I don't love myself and then they'll find this incredible partner who will pour all the love they've ever needed into them. They'll be there for them. Um,
1: and at some point they'll say, I don't deserve this. And if the partner is
7: a people pleaser, like I used to be, they'll be like, Oh no, no, you totally deserve this here. Take everything. Um, (laughs) or, or it'll come to the point where it's like, well, I can't help you with what you're deserving. Um, but that's an interesting thought that you're not being honest. You're, you're not able to really love someone else until you can love yourself. Um, and so that's part of that honesty. Like if you hate things about yourself and you haven't been able to rectify that, how can you look at someone else with the same qualities and love them for those?
3: Hmm.
0: Wow. So this sounds, this sounds like some very, uh, this sounds like therapeutic work has to be done here. You know, like this is not just superficial things. This is, this is a good excavation of yourself. Mm -hmm. Does it feel that
7: way? Oh, it felt that way. (laughs) it felt that way. It felt that way for a couple of years. It really did feel that way. Um, while I was, um, figuring out what these principles were, like, it, this is not an easy process. Um, which is why we have that phone call. And I'm very transparent. I'm like, look, there are going to be some things that make you really uncomfortable, but if you're uncomfortable, you're growing.
3: Maybe mm. mm. you can tap
1: into that.
7: If you can tap So
0: into- I, I like this a lot because it's really, it's not just talking about food. It's talking about all the other things that cause you to have this this complicated relationship with food.
3: Yeah. At least that's, that's how I'm
7: seeing it. I think because I'm a registered dietitian, everyone's like, oh, well, where did this start from? And I will say there is um, another framework out there. I was made by two dietitians. It's called intuitive eating. Um, Uh And it it does go through some similar steps. I do not think it is the same though. Um, And the part where it differs is really the dive into the authentic self piece. And so I guess I am in this transition. Um, I will always be a dietitian. I hold that credential. I did what I had to do. But I, I I do find myself leaning more on the side of um, intuitive living, authenticity. And I think this framework was kind of like you started in a place where you saw a problem and you kept working at it and you kept chipping away. You kept going until you got to a place where you are now, which is um, in this intuitive living in authenticity space. Um, And that is where I am.
1: I like it. Well,
0: it's been my pleasure to talk to you, Brianne. I'm so glad. Oh, here. Thank you, Harry, for putting up her uh her website so that uh people can reach out. And it's up on the Facebook page too. Um so I, I like this. I hope you come back and 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 talk some more about, about uh you know this intuitive living. I think it's just the right sort of I think everybody is searching for something these days and they're trying to find something that's authentic that that doesn't restrict them and allows them to, you know, become their better selves. So this seems like this is right on the path of that.
7: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, you know, trust your intuition, trust yourself, you know, like, don't, don't look for the, the new diet. Don't look for the new, like self, you have it. Everybody has it, you know, <laughs> um, I thank you so much. And I'm so incredibly grateful. I would love to come back whenever we can. Um, and if anyone wants to learn more about the principles, I posted a blog today that kind of has a little tidbit on each one. Um, yeah. And this was, this was great. This is. I,
0: well, I'm so glad you, you kicked off my week on the right note. I, <laughs> I, I can't begin to tell you how divine this is that you start my week. As we move into the next month, as I get ready for you know new things, um, this just this just helps frame. This is this is like a, a a blessing and a gift to frame out the way I'm thinking. And you just articulated it beautifully. So thank you for that. And uh, and I look forward to talking to you again, Brianne.
7: Absolutely, I look forward to talking to you as well. Have and I'll, great- see
0: I'll see you around.
7: I'll see you around. I will see you in a beautiful red gown. <laughs> can I share that story quickly yeah I th- yes go ahead okay so I was at the arts and ideas gala and I saw this beautiful person in this gorgeous red dress and it was you and I was like who's that I love that dress and I was just, I was like blown away and everyone had really nice dresses but for that for some reason this particular dress did it for me and I was like something about, something about her, Ms. Ross. Well,
0: well, thank you very much. I appreciate (laughs) appreciate that. I appreciate it greatly. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So uh, have a good week, truly. You too. All right. Thank you, Harry. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Y'all have a good uh, rest of your day.